All right, the after show of time. Yes. The and after what? show of the Dragon Reborn, which feels like a fucking loaded title now that we've seen it. Yeah, it really is. God. Really is. So yeah, we're not going to spoil anything for how the books go, but well, and I mean, how the books go might not be how the show's going after yes. seeing what they did here. Accurate. There, you know. Okay, so only one person could be the dragon. We're not telling you who the books choose that to be. Yep. But they, as mentioned in the beginning of the watch along, uh, which is on YouTube, if you're not watching us on YouTube. <laughs> um, they are keeping it a lot less defined than they do in the books. Yes. And uh, they have continued with that less defined path in this episode. <clears throat> it's become slightly more defined, well, although that may yeah. be a misdirection. Yeah, could totally be a red herring, but it was an awesome red herring. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal red herring. God, I, <clears throat> like, as I was watching this one, the thing that stuck out to me was just that, like, they're doing such a damn good job of tying together, like, the backstory and philosophy. Yes. Like how uh, Maureen tells a story about Manetherin, and it's like, cool, we get a sense of where they're from. And then, you know, Lan's praying. Nynaeve says the words. We get the story of, like, wow, you're kind of abandoned by your parents in an intense time. And then he translated it, and it relates back to that story so well that, like, yes. as a watcher, if I hadn't read the books, I'd be like, I'm getting a sense of this world. Like, it Yeah, you get an emotional tie to, like, the little background details. Like, a, you know, when you're following Perrin and, like, he's still in a messed up place because yeah. of the wife axing. Yeah. And then you get these details about, like, you know, kind of the the whys behind the Tinker's pacifism and, you know, yeah. that very intense story from uh, Aram's grandma. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that part was awesome, like, unexpected philosophy. And then also the um, Loghain talking about how he can hear the voices of the people yeah. in the past and talking about, like, his philosophy of saving the world or binding it versus breaking it and how directly that ties back to end of episode three with the dark friend saying we're trying to break the cycle in the wheel right it just like lays out the philosophical stakes of like probably the dragon mm -hmm. will try to bind them and it made Loghain seem much more believable as the dragon yes even though like obviously we've spent three episodes establishing that like one of these spunky upstart <laughs> characters is going to be the dragon not this rando dude who appeared in right. this episode or in the end of the last one but and I was a little suspicious of this one from the start when they titled it uh, The Dragon Reborn and like episode three left us off on just Loghain yeah. and then as it starts out we're dealing with Loghain business I'm like ah. yeah I mean like it would have been such a huge rewrite for Loghain to be the Dragon oh, yeah, Reborn oh yeah no no I, but yeah, I never thought that was going to be a thing he but. has such an awesome character that uh, if you've read the books you know that this is not the end of Loghain no uh, not by half and I'm super interested in, like, if his madness continues, like, who those voices are and what they do. And mm -hmm. he just seems like, actually, like, he had a pretty good philosophical basis for what he was doing. And he had some, yeah. like, awesome moments in this one. And you I know. love that the king was a regular foot soldier fighting for him. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way it started out, I thought it was just going to be some kind of total mm -hmm. revenge thing, at least at first. Because I don't quite remember where Loghain's original origin oh, is right. from the yeah, books. But... When the king was like, you'll never wear the crown. I'm like, oh, okay. He's just like burning stuff down. Yeah. When he, when he like turns a dagger around and is like, there, there's room for all on my side. I'm like, oh, okay. Good on you. Hell Good yeah. on you. Yeah. That was awesome. And it like, that's the kind of plot twist that I wanted. Because obviously like just the like rape and pillage conquer is like, yeah, we sort of expect that. And that's just the story we've been told so many times. Right. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, may, maybe like. It, it could have been taken a darker turn where it was just a very violent conquest. Yeah. And then he's like, 
I am the dragon reborn. Uh, there can be no other kings now, and he just like yeah, totally. plunges the dagger into the into the king's throat or something. I honestly kind of expected it because this show is not hesitating to show some real graphic violence, like parents <laughs> fucking chopping his wife in this dream. Scene. Yes, wife acting too. The revengeance. Oh, God, and I was so happy. <laughs> and there was a dream sequence before where like the wolves were eating her guts, and then she was still alive and looking at him, just like they're just like. They're like, well, we can't be Game of Thrones' boobs all the time, so I guess we'll be gore all the time. And I'm kind of like, you don't have to be anything all the time. <laughs> just saying. I'm kind of enjoying that they are, though, because they're, they're just not... I mean, it's it's kind of like, to get the full impact of where Perrin's at, we either have this, or we have Jordan's 300 pages yeah, of Perrin's totally. introspection divided yeah. up over multiple books. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that like we, we can tell that he's troubled in this way, but still, actually, that was Rand's dream and Perrin's just being an emo dude who's fixing a wheel while everybody's was, dancing. Was, was it only uh, Rand's dream? I I got the sense that somehow... Oh, like, a shared dream? Yeah, shared dream. Like, they were, okay. they're were they all, like, very... Well, yeah, because like, Matt was already awake and being a fucking creeper. Because he yeah. was already in the house, like yeah, that's true. That was a really cool scene where it was like, oh my god, did Rand or did Matt just like red rum all these people? Yeah, and then he like was just pointing out the fade, and it yep. still isn't clear. But I think we're all kind of like, no, the fade did it. Yeah, yeah, that that was fairly obvious. But I think still yeah. that was my favorite moment of the, of oh, the really? episode, like going through that. You know, there's been all this build up. There's been talking about like how going Matt's crazy. got all the signs. We get that creepy dream with wife, wife axing too, the revenge. <laughs> and then there's just like corpses everywhere. Yeah. Matt's just like standing there back turned and then they put a twist on Blair Witch style. I loved that. Just a really great, just yeah. well shot scene. Totally. It leads to a nice bit of action. Although like Realistically, them leaving Tom behind should mean Tom is dead. Absolutely, and I do not, very dead. I do not believe Tom is no, dead. No, he's not dead. Tom cannot Which, take on a fade. No, but it. Yeah, that. Yeah, that scene was. This really is going to be another like, Nave being dragged away by Trollocs. Yes, for sure. And then, and then the fade gets distracted by eating somebody's guts, and she get. He gets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're there gonna have to stretch a little bit, but. It was good up until that point, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. even that was still like, okay, maybe this Tom is like also a badass with his daggers and can fight a <laughs> fade, but it sort of like takes the fade's power level and threat level down. It really does. It really does because we haven't seen them do much in the show. No, directly. and I'm, I'm they're like, just kind of more like they point and tell Trollocs to kill so far. Yeah, and they scream sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> show off yeah. the teeth. I do. I do feel like we got a little bit of his movement. In this one, where he sort of like slid instead of walked, because they're supposed to like oh, mm -hmm. they, even when they move, like their clothes don't move. You know, like they're right. like, like they're. It's not the classic like their clothes blowing an unseen wind. Is that like no <laughs> wind can touch them? It's the opposite. Yeah, which is nice because it's kind of it's you know it's an inversion. Yeah, I loved the like that storyline and justification for Tom staying with them and like yeah yeah that was so good too. it was super cool because Owen is not a thing in the books no Tom's just no. like a nice guy I think or he makes a promise to Moraine or something to take yeah. care of them there's something more directly related to Moraine from what I remember yeah Moraine and, being up to blue Aja shenanigans yeah and this is way more like personal and Tom caring for them in a fatherly way and yeah, I just think it's so cool that he sees those signs in Matt. And the show has not said what is going on with Matt, so I'm not going to spoil that either. But 
Right. You know, like it's different than the books and it's super cool for him to care and like a super cool way for us to understand what's going on with Matt. Because mm-hmm. I think it's something different, but you know, yeah, the show I'm, is a different beast, so. I'm fairly convinced it's something different, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Totally. Yeah. Um, That was a really cool moment. I just like, my gut said my favorite moment was that moment with Lan and Nynaeve. Oh, it really? really hit me really? in the feels. Yeah. Okay. Like, his praying for, for Malkir, not so much. Like, that was a little bit weird. But just, like, I feel like they brought the heat and, uh, you know, like, their relationship started off really funny. It's just getting better. I loved her drinking with the boys. Yeah, her drinking with the boys. And, phenomenal. yeah, like, just her clicking. Like, this this episode is, like, fall in love with Nynaeve episode. You know, yeah, it's like, because really she is. was... She was a badass and didn't take shit from anyone in the last one. But in this one, like, not only did she have her limit break moment, which was awesome, but yep. she also just, like, is making her way in a foreign, like, and over-her-head level kind of society. Yeah, because she's used to having that position of authority, and you can yeah. kind of see that now she carried herself. Totally. She's like... like I am the wisdom, goddammit. Yeah, I, I will love not when, be pushed around. Yeah, Leandrin came to like basically interrogate her. She's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna ask the questions <laughs> first and yeah. see if I want to answer your questions. And Leandrin was just like, whoa. Yep. But we it get that. Awesome. We get that chink in the armor with her drinking with the boys and being yeah. like, oh, bisexual orgies. <laughs> she's like, well, yeah. And then she was like alone with that one dude, and I feel like there's a little bit of sparks, and she was kind of like, I don't know what to do alone with the warder. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like they. Like, I'll have to go back and rewatch it, but I was just getting a lot of feels from her interaction with him and the exchange of, like, you're not at all what I thought you were and him being like, you're exactly. I cannot wait for the payoff of yep. him because it's going to come up. Oh, yeah. He's going to say what he thought she was, and that was fucking dope. It's, it's going to be something great, I'm sure. It's going to be something, like, terse and, like, maybe vaguely insulting at surface level, yep. but when you think about it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, I loved his quiet moment with uh, Maureen, too. It was really nice. Although it, it was kind of funny for me, just with the lingering comment of, like, imagine their suppers. Yeah, totally. From order. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I could, it couldn't totally click for me because of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he walks in and says nothing for he just, like, regards her and they have their silent conversation. Yes. <laughs> but that was awesome. I actually misheard that line, or I didn't hear what they said. I just heard him, like, say something to his, I said I, and I thought he said, imagine them doing it. <laughs> and I was like, yep. I could see a very quiet, stoic kind of like I, No, but no, I don't. No, I don't <laughs> want to imagine that. Oh. <laughs> it, if, if you identify with like the five youngsters from the Two Rivers, it is kind of like imagining, imagining your parents doing it, but. Yeah, it kind of is. I went there and thought it was funny. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot I, of I'd good more moments. imagine uh, you know, the uh the two the two warders and uh their AS and I doing it. If oh, I was yeah, go that was definitely yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. Anyway. Yeah, it was awesome. I love the casual like two dudes being together thing because yeah. it's again pretty much a rewrite. Like apparently there is one gay I think relationship in the wheel of time that I've seen people talking about in articles but it I do not remember from reading it so it's like not very prominent if so yeah it's not sticking to my brain I know there were some heavily implied lesbian ones yeah for sure yeah but heavily yeah I just love how casual and like consistent the show is being with like this is a thing in this world and it's not stigmatized at all yep which they're, is they're awesome. not like you know putting a spotlight on it it's just like oh no yeah dude's just like Relaxing against uh, yeah, their dynamic dude. was so believable and yeah. nice. 
So I have to return to our segment of like Rand's most punchable moment because as the show oh. goes on, he, I feel like he becomes less and less punchable. He is becoming less punchable. He's just like, like I couldn't. I even his most punchable moment was for me was probably like his reaction to Matt being like, "I need a break," and the, yeah. his expression being yeah. like, again. "Again," but it's like so earned. Actually, like Matt is, really just is being a lazy. Yeah, and uh, Rand like talking down the farmer and everything. He was like. Oh, doing yeah, a really yeah. good job. I was like, yep. oh, yeah, yeah. I... Just be, being the being the good cop to Tom's like, oh, no, we'll just uh, we'll we'll move on once we mount our horses. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I feel like he wasn't even punchable in this one, which is kind of sad, no. but like not totally sad. Then again, he didn't get a huge amount of like focus in this episode. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I it mean, was more about everybody else and him kind of also there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, totally. It was not his episode at all. It was Nynaeve's no. episode, and Matt was the focus of theirs. Yep. And Perrin uh, got a little bit. Yeah, I once again sort of slept through the whole Perrin and Egwene section. <laughs> That's fair. I Although mean, I, I did think it was interesting that uh, Egwene, uh, she said, uh, I'd know if I had, meaning yeah. if she'd lost Rand. Yeah, I like her belief in that, and it like sort of echoes the warder bond. But. Yeah. That I immediately thought of the warder bond. I was like, yeah. has she done that accidentally? Right, yeah, totally. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, and I like the Tinker Lady's philosophy, and her backstory was super cool. Like, she yeah. she does not get that depth in the book. Like, I'm not even sure nah. that... She's probably a named character, but that's about it. Yeah, and that just, there are like, many named characters. That, once again, the show is doing such a good job of taking what's out of five in the books and cranking up to a ten in, like, an eighth of the time. You know, because yes. that like yes. helped us explore so deeply the way of the leaf, and they hit us with all these leaf metaphors, and it's like, yeah, I get a sense of who the tinkers are now, without like the hundreds of pages that it <laughs> took. I think they're doing a great job with that. Like, yeah. yeah, and at times I felt, from what I can remember of the books, they can, uh, <laughs> the wheel of time can get a bit circular oh my in God. its exposition. Where they kind of go over the same like yeah, point the of the magic system or culture or belief, and it's just kind of something where you're like, okay, okay, we didn't we didn't need this much on it. I love these books, but please, please move on. Something else. Yeah, this exposition is not the beginning, but it is a beginning. The <laughs> a beginning of, of a turns. very long section <laughs> <laughs> called the third exposition by some. <laughs> oh, it's way more than the third. <laughs> Speaking of the wheel of time, did you have any background of time stuff that popped up? Um, I had I had one. Yeah, I a big one that they they kind of like touched on, but didn't really. I mean, you can more or less infer it if you do. You're yeah. coming into the spline, but the Amarlin seat. Yeah, they bring that up with the Aesodai, and she's just she's the head lady. She the boss. Yeah, and you can tell that she's important. And I feel like we got a better sense that Green is Badalaja, and yep. the Leander defined herself as being like, I stop people who want to misuse the power, mm -hmm. which is cool. And I liked the implied threat of even women there like yeah is she gonna have a thing about Nynaeve being a wilder you know that's is she true. gonna have that's a thing true. about Moraine's hidden plan if she finds out <laughs> that's that's some cool hidden threat there I I kind of wish they gave more focus to like Moraine is a blue because they they kind of talked around mm, what the blues yeah. are about yeah but and then again they like said negative things about them but yeah I mean you can kind of define it by the opposite because the reds are the, the reds kind of suck yeah, they're mean. <laughs> um, yeah, my background of time was uh, the Brigitte doll 
because she's a she's a hero of legend. Oh my god! Yes! I, wow! I missed the name. That. I missed the Holy name. Holy! Okay. okay. Yeah. If you okay. heard the name, so uh, Birgitta is a character in the books later on. Who knows if she'll actually come here? But she's very much like a central character. She gets point of view chapters, etc. So it was really cool to see them starting to work in that mythology because obviously, yeah. as the wheel turns, there's heroes who come up over and over. And uh, they can actually be summoned by this horn. Who knows if any of that's going to happen in the the show. But calling out Birgitta and talking about her a little bit. And then it was really sweet how the girl said she wants to travel the world. And then they'd yeah. fucking kill the girl. As a parent, I despise the cheap kid kill as a way to hit you in the feels. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't need it. Like, completely, you didn't need to show We're me her goddamn s- backstabbed body. <laughs> I already We're- don't like fades. It did nothing. We're going to get so many more of them before the show's over. Yeah, we probably are, and I'm going to say fuck you to everyone. (laughs) Like, it's just not necessary. Show me all the dead adults. Like, (laughs) I don't need sexual violence, and I don't need dead kids. But yeah, Brigitte is, uh, she's very much famed in story, is I believe the term. Where, you know, she's, everyone knows about her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then it's really funny, because in the books, like, look, she came back and, like, Nobody knows it's her, and it's kind of cool to like how her actual personality plays off of her legend. Yes, because you know, legend might not accurately reflect the person a hundred percent. Right? You know, wild yeah. concept, perhaps. And then she has that very, very awkward romance. But anyways, oh god, yes. <laughs> what uh, What were your three words? Uh, my three words were naive, dragon reborn? Question mark. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's so goddamn implied. I loved how Maureen, I loved her like giving him the benefit of the doubt and being like, are you convince me? Yeah. Even though it's unlikely and you're 10 years too old, like convince me. And he couldn't get it done. She's like, you're actually mad and it's a trickle. And it was such a powerful line because she's obviously he's way more powerful than she is. And she's still like, nope, it ain't you, bitch. Like right to his face. And also just very like, very blue Aja to like keep him talking because she saw like the sister's like starting to and she's like oh okay let's do a little distraction totally yeah and then to say a trickle to a son and then naive to like literally be a son yeah with her braids up everywhere yeah that that uh, that said i can get into it more when we predict what's coming next episode but i don't actually think she's the dragon yeah i don't think so either i mean well i don't know she, it could be. It would just I be just a little on the nose the for them to give it away that quickly. I feel yeah. like that's a nice red herring for us to think that for a while until it becomes somebody else. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I really thought that it was going to be Balefire because everybody's dying. And so there's a magic in the books that's like super forbidden. And if you do yep. it, like time sort of goes backwards a few moments. And it would have been enough yeah. to keep everybody from dying. And but, it also lets you just kind of just erase something from existence. Yeah. Like from the, from the pattern from entirely. The pattern. Yep. Yeah. But you can so, make too much of a hole in the tire and it'll fall. Ah! <clears throat> so what were your three words? Uh, you know they weren't as good. It's just I heart naive. Because <laughs> she's okay. fucking we cool. Stand. Like she's great. Yeah. The in the watch along in the end, I called it out, but I just like got really teary at that moment. <laughs> I was like, this is so awesome. Uh, I was really into it. It's like not really a tear jerking moment, but it jerked the fucking tears for me for sure. <laughs> And just how she was with Lan in my favorite moment, how she was with Leandrin, how she is with the dudes. I just like, yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of love for Nynaeve in this episode. And I didn't really click with her in episode one. In episode three, 
she's cool for sure, but this is the one where I'm like, ah, I really like this character. Yeah, she starts to feel more like a character and less just like a a scowly-faced... Caricature. Uh, a plank of wood with a braid. Yeah, who, like, <laughs> you know, has spunky comebacks and doesn't take shit from anybody. Right. Like, okay, yeah, this character's very familiar, but she got deepened in really cool ways in this yeah. one. Yeah, and she's needed that. backstory. So. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah, that was great. Uh, before we get to other wheels, did you have any Robert Jordan roles in his grave moments? I feel like that whole, as much as you loved it, I feel the whole like Loghain, uh shrapnel and the big mm. healing mm-hmm. blast thing. Yeah, I feel like that would have had him rolling in his grave because healing is yeah. always very deliberate and targeted. Yeah, I don't think we ever get anything like that in the books, like even. a healing blast. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't I, happen. I, I, yeah. I think I alluded to it in the actual watch along, but they kind of like sort of tech up the magic. There's stuff yeah. like Balefire, which we talked about, and way more crazier stuff that they do with the magic, where it's just kind of people realize, oh, hey, we can do this with the one power, or, oh, hey, they used to do this with the one power, let's do that again. And everyone's like, wait, what? Yeah. And they, ne- they never get anything like that healing blast thing. That's... Yeah. Ugh. No, it's not really a thing. I mean, I, I loved it in the moment, but kind of had a eh reaction for me at the same time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, where do you think next episode's going? Um, my predictions for next episode are... Um, Nynaeve is, at least for the moment, I don't believe she actually is the dragon, but she's going to be treated as the dragon, and this one, a bit less safe. I believe that Loghain is actually going to, like, bend the knee to her. Hmm. Maybe just in service of, like, kind of continuing to live, Hmm. but I think that's where he's going to go, and then I believe next episode, they said they're hundreds of miles away, but I think we're going to get to the White Tower. Dang. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely see next episode it being all about Nynaeve or Nynaeve at least being the center of things because what she yeah. just did was intense. And I think we're going to see a bunch of Aes Sedai politics. Maybe Leandrin's promise of like, I stop people who shouldn't be using the one power will even apply to her. But if nothing else, Maureen's going to be like, holy shit, is she the dragon? And all the other Aes Sedai are going to be like, this is a nuts wilder. <laughs> and like, they're all going to be battling over it. And Leandrin, I feel like, was already kind of recruiting her for Red Aja. Oh, absolutely. So suddenly they're all going to be like, you could be Bottle Aja. You could be Healing Aja. So I yeah. think, I we'll, feel like the we'll whole get episode some, is... We'll get some like Aes Sedai with like, glasses coming out of the woodwork. The, the brown Aja. I'm dying to meet Varen. I am dying I know. To meet we need Varen. She is the best of the brown Aja. By far, I don't even remember oh, anyone God, else that's I brown. I want to say Aja. something so spoilery. And I know what you it. want to yeah. say. We, you can't. If you've say read the it. books, you know. You know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think that Rand and Mac are just going to have like hijinks as the Fade chases them. Probably another end scene thing because that happens for most of the book. Yeah. I think parents finally going to have more stuff happen with the wolves, but that's just because I've read the books, not because of the show at all. Yeah. If it was just show, I would say I think they're just going to continue to be boring until they run into <laughs> other characters. Like they're literally just going from point A to point B. Yeah. And point Although B will be that point B is Tarvalen. Yeah, least. it's true. Yeah, they'll get there. It's like very convenient that the Tinkers are going there, etc. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Aes Sedai politicking in the next one. Yeah, I had kind of expected it more in this one. Mm, yeah, I'm totally. a little sad we didn't get it, but I definitely agree. It'll be a big thing because. Their hands have been forced. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It'll be fun if the White Cloaks show up too because they've like painted them as such Aes Sedai hunters that I think it'll be really fun to see that happen. 
Yeah, I don't know about that one, but it could. Yeah, it could. They I don't also kind of have the fragments of an army to deal with. So they I do. hope they don't just fucking disappear like the Trolloc army did. I'll I feel like they're going to disappear hell. like the Trolloc I'm army I'm going to be did. so annoyed if that happens. The, I feel like they're probably Armies just going to disappear, like, people. We do not have time to deal with the remnants it's of this true. army. We need time boring. for Perrin looking sad. Yeah, we and need possibly, some Perrin. Possibly glaring in an axe. Another dream sequence of him axe chopping his wife again. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, before we go, any other wheels turning since the last one? We've actually had a couple of weeks because, as mentioned in the puke sequence, my family has been <laughs> puking up a storm, so I couldn't make it. Yeah. Had a little bit there. Um, I have some other wheels turning. Uh, I've been reacquainting myself with um, some works by the Japanese video game developer and director known as Swery. Hmm. Uh, mostly his Deadly Premonition games. He's He makes really weird video games. It's like... It's like video games made by someone who doesn't play video games or hmm. know much about video games. Interesting. So, technically speaking, they are bad. But he also <laughs> doesn't fall into a lot of, like really awful story conventions and he j they just have this cool outsider art vibe to them like uh, the one i'm playing you're an fbi agent who stumbles on a murder in a small town you know mm -hmm. that seems fairly basic but your fbi agent instead of going to the site where the body was found he sees in a painting a hallucination of a voodoo <laughs> oracle who tells him he must go bowling what? And he, <laughs> and then he must go to the murder site. Kay. When you go to go bowling, there's a woman there who refuses to let you use the lane, and instead of invoking your authority or waiting for her to leave, uh, the FBI agent collects items to create a sinister voodoo totem <laughs> to use it to scare her off by placing it in front of her house literally at midnight so she'll see it when she comes out of her house and not go to the bowling alley. Wow. And then you go to the bowling alley, bowl a strike, and then you proceed with the murder investigation. Wow. It's bananas. And yeah. the older I get, the more I love these just <laughs> absolute just dives into madness where it's just Kip. at one person's very strong vision. Yeah. So, Robert Jordan's one very strong yeah, vision totally. is strong in Wheel of Time, so... Yeah. If you're into video games, Deadly Premonition and Deadly Premonition 2 could be up your alley. Nice. They're weird. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, I feel like I've had... So I finished the, the novella that I was talking about last time, and I have jumped into Jade Legacy, which is the third book ah. in Fonda Lee's... Uh, I think she calls it the Jade City Trilogy. Um, it starts with a book called Jade City. She calls them epic fantasy, and I think it's totally right, even though they're set in like a 1960s... Uh, Hong Kong with magic. Oh. They're so fucking cool gangster. Like, it's epic gangster fantasy <laughs> where the gangsters okay. are sort of like samurais who are trained to use this magical power that comes from Jade. It's so fucking good. And, um, yeah, there aren't necessarily that many analogs other than that, like, the, the magic is very rule-based and it's very mm. epic with a sweeping set of characters. But um, I just am totally in love with them. These are the best fantasy books that I've read in... It, for sure this year and maybe in years like they're wow. really really good and so I've been loving reading that one as the rest of my family is like miserable and puking <laughs> and I'm staying awake at night with my children and you, you do get a lot of reading in so that's a pretty heavy recommend even when there's yeah. not you know vomiting it's and true. horrible sickness in a it's true in your house all around you I do try to get the reading in. But yeah, these ones, Fonda Lee, I have so much respect for. Like, literally because of these books, I want to go back and read everything she's written. 
Wow. They're fucking good. That so <laughs> sounds great. I'll leave you on that recommendation. If you're not about to jump into uh, the 14 book series that is The Wheel of Time. It's a lot. There are, there are many beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, this show is a beginning. Yes. I and think it's, it's also a very good beginning. An ending. <laughs> At least for us, for now. Yeah. So until episode five, keep it real. The wheel turns on. Or, and so does the watch along. not like sexually at all. Just what? Turns on.